This has been a wild season for the pod, and we're starting to wrap things up. I'm sure you've seen we've expanded our niche for the show, and a few folks have been asking why. Well, for starters, why not? This show is about exploring the world of fashion with the people who shape it, and this world is bigger than designers. When you think of folks who helped create classic menswear, you think of Steve McQueen, Paul Newman, Marvin Gaye, Sammy Davis Jr. None of those folks were designers. They were just folks who loved clothes. And that's the common line we try to keep with everyone on the show. We all love clothes, but more importantly, we all have something to say about the clothes we love. And we have different walks of life. It's great. It's where we're going to stay, and I'm really proud of it. But before we dive in, I want to talk about this week's guests, because I wrote about five different versions of an introduction to them, and realized none were able to fit the wide breadth of culture these guys have influenced. They actually describe themselves as a, uh, quote, a creative project by two idiot savants who fulfill your need to disappoint your parents, quote. And they go by Pizza Slime. Pizza Slime is a somewhat bizarre company that touches everything in the fashion and culture world through a lens of humor and joy. They've helped to usher in the modern-day meme. They made hilarious merch for bands and even elite grocery stores, collaborated with Crocs, and are also finding themselves in the TV and film world. Honestly, it's probably what you'd expect from two dudes who just love clothes. My name is Jeremy Kirkland, and this is Blamo. My guests this week are Matt and Stove of the cult brand Pizza Slime. We chat the origins of Pizza Slime, working with Diplo, rethinking classic TV shows, how their memes wound up on Drake's Instagram, rapper beefs, and Taco Bell's celebrity Thanksgiving dinner. It's a wild one. Let's get to it. How are you guys doing? Uh, We're good. Um, you know, LA is like coming back to life right now. So it's exciting. There's energy in the air, you know, we're getting back into it. It feels, uh, it feels good. Yeah. Yeah. How are you doing? I mean, about the same where it's like, so I was in New York, we moved, we had like a COVID move and we bought a house and we, I live in the Midwest now, which is where I'm originally from, but then now I'm like commuting. So I'm like going to New York like every other month and then I'll be in L.A. And I don't know. I watched Lord of the Rings the other day. (laughs) I haven't done that in a while. Get on it. It holds up. Yeah. No, I remember being just hyped to see them when they were like in theaters when I was younger. It was uh, it was a big moment. It was fun. I'm excited to go back to movie theaters. And I feel like uh, the new Fast and Furious is the one that's going to get me in there. I'm, I'm super hyped on that. That is that's like one of the best movies because half the people that are going to see it want to see it because it's going to be like a bad movie. And the other half, like really believe that it's the greatest movie of all time. And then everyone agrees on all the same parts that are good in the movie. It's like, yeah, the ultimate equalizer. Yeah, they're like, I just saw a new trailer the other day where they like literally make a turn a car into a spaceship and shoot Tyrese into space. Like, I exactly have to see that. <laughs> like it looks so crazy and you have to see that in movie theaters so um i'm ready to go back we'll, we'll talk a little bit about your guys backstory and pizza slime and like this kind of behemoth that it's turned into now but like i'm very curious how you guys met and got this started because you were both in music management right at teamwork um yeah that was really where we um sort of where pizza slime really kind of became a a serious real thing like we're like oh this is a thing um prior to that 
Um, it had sort of just been like a music blog that I had and it was like super ahead of the time. Like, you know, I was posting, you know, Doja Cat like 10 years ago, like okay. things like that, where it was just like, you know, disclosure five years before it gets popular. It was sort of just like, it was the blog days. And I was super like in these weird, I was in these weird pockets of the internet, really finding cool music. And Pizza Slime was just this Tumblr where I would throw up music, like no opinions, no thoughts, just sort of like, you know, take it as it is, take what you want from it. Like, I think it's cool. Um, and that was really sort of like the birth of it. And at that point, there was like no real plan or idea for it. I think maybe the initial idea was to take down Pitchfork. <laughs> um, uh, well, you succeeded. Because what is Pitchfork <laughs> these days? Matt's um, gone. I mean, it's no, no. I mean, I guess that's shots fired at Pitchfork on my behalf, but it's like. <laughs> yeah, my thing was sort of like at that point, I was probably in my early 20s. I was sort of like. What year was I this? Wanna, uh, I'm so bad. I have no idea. Um, but I'm 34. So. Okay. So we're close to the same ago. age. I'm, I'm almost yeah. 36. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, it was like, for me, it was like pitchfork was like just a lot of shit talking. I was like, why are you guys just showing us a bunch of shit that you want to talk shit about? <laughs> I just said shit so many times, right? It was sort of like, you know, and I, I didn't really care what, what certain people thought about things. It was like, just show me cool shit and let me form my own opinions. Let me take away from it what I will like. And that was sort of like kind of the vibe of the, the, the Tumblr, um, it was really almost like an Instagram feed where it's just sort of like just content, content, content. You just Oh, yeah. The, the glory like, days of Tumblr. Yeah. I mean, man, RIP. They got, <laughs> didn't they get bought by like WordPress or something? And they were like changing the system. I don't know. The third time. Yeah. Because they were bought yeah. by like Verizon or AOL or something. And everyone's right. like, this is weird. God, I, I, I still think that it's one of the greatest things. But it's like it's just that that time capsule. It only was killing it then so so you had a tumblr that was just popping off yeah and so you know at that point it was it was just me and i was sort of like not sure what to do i sort of had like i was uh really young i had a lot of good ideas but not a lot of follow-through like i sort of just was like all over the place um and you know i kind of harassed matt into to working with me on it and like figuring out sort of where to take it and what to do with it um to the point where matt was like all right, fine. I'll help you. <laughs> um, and that was Matt. What were you doing at that time? I think actually, uh, I was working at a teamwork that management company. Yeah. Um, so that was my very early days. And, uh, stove was, uh, working at another, uh, with, with another music, uh, management company at that time. And, uh, yeah, I remember I just like Facebook messaged him one last one late night and like was just like, yo, like, let's just do pizza slime. Like, I'm down like to do whatever, you know, like and, you know, at the time we didn't really know what it is or what it would be. It was just kind of like, yo, let's just do shit, you know, like whether it's, uh, you know, uh, discovering new music and, and sharing it or or creating content for uh, the platforms or, uh, you know, just figuring out designs for shirts and things like that so it was just kind of like uh you know this outlet for us that uh you know that still remains an outlet for us uh creatively and um you know started building from there right on i was gonna say i think the first thing we ever really did uh together was like make a sticker it was like a sticker (laughs) that's right 
Yeah. There's a sticker of like a slice of pizza wearing like a gold chain. Um, and that was sort of kind of the birth, the birth of getting it out there in the real world, like offline. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, we started putting the stickers up on our phones and like handing them out to friends. And that really kind of created like these, these conversations, like, you know, at events and parties and things like that, people were, you know, really gravitating towards this uh, slice of pizza with a chain on it. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I think the first actual uh, big place we like got it out uh, was like Coachella. We were at Coachella and this was like the year that like, you know, Virgil was still a part of Ben Trill and Ben Trill was DJing Coachella. Oh, hell and, yeah. I know what you're talking yeah, about. These are like the golden days, you know? Yeah, and uh, it's true. Yeah. And for some reason, just like people love the sticker, we would just like put it up on like random artists, like trailers, like the doors. And, uh, <laughs> you know, like uh, at that time, like, uh, you know, Major Laser was also performing and all of them were like, yo, give me that sticker. That shit's tight. And like they would just uh, everyone would just put on their phone and, you know, it would just kind of spread organically. It, it, yeah. It's crazy to think actually a lot of buzz was created just around this one sticker. So you make this sticker and you're slapping it everywhere. What were your guys's like jobs and like companies? What were they thinking of that? Like just like a hobby you guys, you know, goofing around or what? Okay. So at this point that Coachella, the sticker thing is happening. I'm still at a different management company and Matt's at a different one, right? Matt's, um, boss and and one of our mentors sort of sees what's going on with the sticker starts to see what's going on with the website and sort of like what we're building and he you know basically grabbed me and brought me over to teamwork and so at this point now me and matt are in-house creative directors marketers like sort of kind of just like touching in anything and everything in terms of what they're doing with their clients so all those things matt had mentioned you know artwork album rollouts you know, merchandise, tour visuals, kind of touching everything, even helped launch, help them like launch like a, a major festival. So we were really kind of seeing and experiencing everything. And so after that Coachella was when I moved over to teamwork um, to start to, to work with Matt on all of those projects. Um, and that was where we really sort of started to experiment with Pizza Sign. We started the Instagram, um, started making t-shirts for fun and that was that was really where it kind of was birth. So like, how yeah. were you guys doing this? Because I think the hardest part of getting that stuff is like paying for it. Yeah. Yeah. On my end, you know, I was like, I was, I was young. I was super broke, basically living off of uh, the $5 footlongs from Subway. Hell yeah. Um, what, what was so, your Subway? What was your Subway order? Um, I would usually go meatball. It's pretty, pretty traditional. Kept it, kept it Flex. clean. Okay. Yeah. All right. Occasionally, occasionally the tuna. I don't know if that's okay to say right now because of all the the controversy. But I mean, what meat <laughs> is real these days? You're fine. True. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. On my end, I was you know didn't really have any money to get it going, so I called my dad, and I think Matt, we both started with like an initial investment of like twelve hundred dollars, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's and a, that's some to- shirt money for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I did basically tell my dad, hey, there's this this thing I'm doing called pizza slime um, and I need twelve hundred dollars. <laughs> um, and luckily, my dad's super cool and supportive. And, um, you know, he he came through, you know, we don't I don't we didn't come from a lot of money. So, you know, it wasn't 
necessarily easy for him to, to give me that money, but he believed in me and, and it's sort of just been cash positive since then. Did you pay him back? No, but he always <laughs> jokes about that. Because <laughs> I feel like you guys created meme culture before it existed. You know, I mean, because I remember when I first heard about you guys, it was and take this as a compliment, although, you know, maybe some people don't think it is. But like it was like you guys and like, fuck Jerry. Right. How are you guys workshopping ideas? Like you don't need to give away the secret sauce, but it's just like a a G chat thread where you guys are just like batting shit back and forth or. Yeah. I mean, with us, it's just like a constant flow of communication. We're just like, we know how to read each other. We like support each other's ideas. We're honest with each other. And, you know, I think like we know, we know when we know, right. If I, if I send his send Matt a mock of like a cup, this is Drake tears. Like we're like, all right, we got to do this. Like it's, it's pretty instant. Um, yeah. Those early days of sort of, of, of memes and Instagram were a lot of fun. And um, we were just, we didn't know what we were doing. We we're just having fun with it, you know, and we were, you know, posting memes, but also posting like, you know, studio time with Dylan Francis, like we were sort of kind of mixing sort of like comedy and memes with like the access that we had, you know, we were getting songs early from, from artists that we were working with and putting them on the blog because the blog was still sort of moving at that time. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, we, we used memes as like a fun thing. um, But, you know, we sort of took like this more like cultural route instead of just focusing on just memes. Um, And that was sort of, how we've how we approached uh, pizza slime in those early days. What was the moment where you guys realized that, like, oh shit, like this is what we can do for a living? Um, for me, we were uh, we had just done a big drop, and since the beginning days of pizza slime, we've always shipped uh, our t-shirts and products in pizza boxes. Um, now we have like custom pizza slime pizza boxes, but I remember in the early days we would like scramble to like mom and pop pizza shops to like buy pizza boxes from them and stuff but we we were uh you know fulfilling and it was just me and matt and you know we were standing in matt's living room and we were just surrounded by hundreds of pizza boxes like literally like stacked like above our heads and we were like (laughs) i was like oh shit like people people like this like we're this is this is crazy like this is real um and for me that was like one of the first moments when i was like okay there's something, something going on. Matt, what about you? I, yeah, I was actually going to point to that same moment where it was, uh, you know, pizza boxes just strewn everywhere on the living room, <laughs> um, on the phone, I'm calling, you know, Dom and I was going like, yo, do you guys sell your pizza boxes? And like, <laughs> just ran, and we eventually found like this mom and pop pizza spot in Silver Lake that just, you know, had kind of like a very unbranded, but sort of, but still like with a graphic pizza box. And I was like, okay, can we just pick up a bunch of those? And we would use uh, like plastic saran wrap to essentially wrap the uh, package itself. Cause we wanted people to also see uh, the box when it arrives on their doorstep. So it looks like you just got this pizza and we, we still keep it uh, with the clear packaging today. Uh, but back uh, in, in, in those times, we were just using this plastic saran wrap and we would just sit there, just wrap it. And then we would tape it. And, <laughs> you know, it, it, after doing it for like hours to like five in the morning, I was like, all right, you know, maybe there's something here, you know, let's, let's keep building it. And, uh, you know, I, 
I feel like at that time we hit enough sales. We're like, Oh, I think, you know, we could probably do this for like a couple months and uh, you know, if we wanted to and just see what happens. And I think that was kind of like, yeah, that, that moment for sure. Uh, when we left, we continued to work with Dylan Francis um, yep. as well as, as Diplo um, on different special projects and, and things that kind of like anything and everything they needed. Um, and to this day, we still work with both of them, um, you know, 10 years later, helping them with, with their projects and the things that they're working on. Can you guys explain how Diplo has managed to be the most underground mainstream artist of all time? <laughs> For sure. I mean, I think what you described is exactly that. It's like underground, but mainstream, you know, it's like still having that broad sort of appeal, but still not a hundred percent. It's, it's a weird sort of like, uh, yeah, like balance. And, uh, I mean, you know, I just feel like he just is constantly looking for new stuff, cool inspiration. Like that's just kind of always been his thing, you know, and he generally just loves, uh, you know, music and, and DJing. Like he, if he was at a, uh, at, at, at a party and, and the vibe was cool, he'll just jump on and he'll be like, dude, I just want to DJ for like six hours. Like, you know, like that's just like the type of person he is. And I think having that sort of, um, that spirit, you know, I think it's always going to keep uh, him in, in his position, whether or not he does it on purpose. It's just sort of like this natural, I think, um, you know, curiosity that always drives him. So like, as you guys are starting to grow and be bigger and bigger, like, when did you start like getting some stuff for yourself as a reward? Uh, we went to Japan, which was a lot of fun. Now and, we're uh, talking. Okay, yeah. let's go. <laughs> So you went to Japan. (laughs) Yeah. And it was, it was like a life-changing experience. Like me and Matt took a trip to Japan together for like a week or two weeks. And we were there just kind of experiencing it with some friends. And uh, I think that was one of the first kind of big treats. We flew uh, business class. So hell yeah. (laughs) ANA. I forget what it was, but you know, we, we bought the nice tickets. We got the nice hotel and, uh, we sort of just like enjoyed, enjoyed that. And it was great. I think that was the first time we sort of like splurged on uh, the pizza slime dime. I mean, that's the best way to do it, especially where it's like something that's going to be culturally eye-opening. I mean, I think mm-hmm. Japan for me, not Harajuku, but just like Japan as a whole is just like the source for the best clothes, the best food. I mean, Anyone who's Italian is going to be pissing me, but like, whatever. But like, I mean, it's everything good that's there. No, the 7-Elevens are crazy. Like, I like the 7-Elevens were amazing. Everything about uh, Japan is just so awesome. I'm like so excited to go back. The the one crazy thing was we were there during the, uh, was it, uh, what was it? That thing that was that big natural thing that we were there for. The, uh, there was like a tsunami, I believe. Oh, shit. <laughs> or not okay, a tsunami, yeah. uh, oh, no, a typhoon, a typhoon. Oh. Typhoon, yeah, that's right, that's right. That's worse. Yeah. So <laughs> we were there for a typhoon, which was like super interesting. And so we had like a really unique experience. And it was just so much fun soaking up all the culture, the fashion, the art, just like, you know, if you've seen the brand Pizza Slime, like, you know, we're very into like bright colors and, and you know, very like cartoonish type of things. And so... 
you know, even in Japan, like the, the police station, like the police had like a little character, like things like that, where it's like those kinds of things were like super exciting and interesting. And we drew a lot of inspiration. Like even the logo for the, the post office is awesome in Japan. Yeah. 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 Um, there was like a, a parking sign that we kept seeing that we like turned into a shirt that we're going to release soon. So it was, it was very, it was amazing. I can't wait to go back. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, it's the best. Did you go to any of the other shops? Did you go to like Visvim or Capital or Beams or wh- where'd you go? We, we definitely went to Beams. Um, I even, I think I really liked even like the Converse store out there. Cause it's like Converse Japan. It's like a separate sort of yeah. company from Converse. Um, so the quality of, of their stuff was, was really, really awesome. Um, didn't get a chance to go to Capital, but I heard that's a very, um, really awesome experience where, um, you know, my friend was just telling me all about it. And uh, yeah, just, I mean, just walking around. I mean, it's like literally Japan is just like a thousand like mom and pop shops. It's crazy. And yeah. the level of quality is just insane, you know? And uh, it's, it's like they'll, f- the people in Japan, it's like they find, or the, you know, the people that have shops or, or stores or, um, you know, restaurants, they like almost like find like one thing that they're obsessed with and they just like, keep working on it and revising and making it better all the time until it's just like the best that they can do and you're just like this is their like you know their heart and soul is just like in it you can just like feel it i want to talk about like some of the merch collabs you made because i feel like some of that stuff just blew up into which like the erwan thing like how in the hell did that happen because they didn't even know about it, right? And they were cool with it. Like, what, what, it, what was this? Yeah, with with everyone, it was just like um, you know, we just found ourselves at one point in our life just going to the hot bar every single day and literally running to everyone that we know. Um, and it was like, <clears throat> you know, the Soho house of of grocery stores, which is a ridiculous thing to say. Yeah, and. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, just was inspired to, to make like a hoodie, um, around Erewhon and just for fun, just for kind of ourselves and, uh, you know, posted it and, and, you know, a bunch of friends were like, Oh my God, you know, I, I need that. And, you know, the response was really good. So just made some more for fun, just for a couple of close friends and kind of kept spreading uh, organically kind of word of mouth as people were like, you know, where is that from? Like, I, you know, I love that design. I need that. Um, and, you know, eventually got to a place where, you know, we got connected with, uh, you know, some of the Aaron folks through mutual friends and, you know, they were super cool and they were appreciative of kind of everything that uh, we had uh created around i think um you know the brand and the buzz um and so you know it was just like we're gonna just keep it super just friends and family and you know that's just what it is and it's just going to be this moment um and you know it was it was super um organic and and you know fun for a lot of different people and you know people still kind of ask us about that um you know design to this day which is which is funny yeah, I mean, because I think it was also a ton of like big celebrities who were like low key fashion icons were all rocking that stuff, and no one knew yeah. where it was, or you know. And obviously, it, you know, it's not like you could just go and buy it all. Like, mm-hmm. and w- were those just like friends of friends of yours? Like, 
Like, is your seating list of all the homies? Is it just like Jonah Hill and those folks or what? <laughs> I mean, you know, definitely, you know, a good mix of the people that you saw, you know, rocking them were, you know, friends or, um, you know, people that uh, were friends of friends. And, you know, some people, you know, we didn't know and they just reached out or would have someone else reach out for them. Um, and, uh, but yeah, I mean, like, you know, having somebody like Jonah rocket at their beastie boys, like opening was so awesome and so sick. And, uh, you know, this, it's just funny because it's like, you know, it ties into a lot of, uh, like food merch and restaurant merch, which we also love personally. And it's just kind of like another form of like, if you know, you know, sort of thing where it's like, it's not based upon, you know, like, this is not like the next Supreme, but it's like, yo, like I know about that restaurant. Not many people know about it, but it's banging and I want to rep it. And if you don't know what it is, then it's like, yo, we're not like on the same level, you know? So it, it ties into that kind of feeling. And, and, you know, I thought that was really cool. And, uh, you know, it was just funny to see that around specifically around a grocery store, which is not even like a full restaurant. (laughs) And that was, that's kind of like the humor of it and why, you know, we loved it so much initially. Um, But yeah, yeah, that, that whole thing was, was, (laughs) it it was crazy to see the feedback and, and reach out from that for sure. Yeah. You all have evolved pizza slime very successfully into like a larger business, like a, a creative agency in a studio. How has that been going? For us, Pizza Slime has always been, you know, this creative outlet um, that allowed us to kind of just make stuff that we couldn't make otherwise. Um, And, you know, I think after years of accumulating of all these things that we've created, you know, we've been able to build a brand that has a a voice and identity. And, you know, through that as well, um, have been able to step into, you know, these other verticals that... um, you know, are now sort of cross-pollinating each other, uh, which never really was the plan, uh, just kind of happened organically as we learn more and more about uh, different industries and, you know, met more people who, you know, may know us from one thing, but, you know, we're generally excited just of, of kind of our thinking and creativity behind it. And, you know, we would uh, then partner and learn from, you know, these uh these peers and colleagues in, in other industries to help uh, kind of create in that specific industry. Um, so, you know, with music uh, for our label, you know, it totally made sense for us to partner with uh, a label like Matt Deason and Diplo because uh, we've known it for so many years. And, you know, it's like, we, you know, know enough of um, what to do on the creative and marketing side for them to be incentivized, to be a partner with us. Uh, but we sort of rely on their expertise on kind of the traditional label sort of operations. Um, and that's sort of how we've moved a lot, I think, over the years as we've been expanding to these other areas, uh, finding people that are uh, people or companies that are experts in kind of their field and, you know, combining our forces to create something new. We've come uh, come a pretty, pretty long way from from day one from from that sticker and everything that was sort of like the, uh, the birth of pizza song. <laughs> this, this is going to sound like a very ambiguous and maybe trite question. What is it that sets you guys apart 
from other companies and agencies? I think we've really understood, have been able to really figure out sort of like the marriage and intersection between like marketing and creative. Um, mm -hmm. I think even when things may look like a stupid meme or look like what the hell is this or why is this right? Like there's usually like purpose and reason behind it um, and goals and like, it's, there's a lot underneath of everything that we do and how we do it. Um, and I think that's something that, you know, people either like too focused on marketing or like too focused on being too cool and too creative. Um, and we've been able to really find sort of like a, a, the perfect intersection between those two things, which makes us successful as our own brand and also like as a boutique agency. Yeah. Cause I think at least for me, some of the stuff that I've observed is being able to like jump on the momentum of the conversation that's happening right now. Like perfect mm -hmm. example, I'm sure none of you guys woke up being like, I'm going to do, we're going to do a collab with Lil Nas X because the t-shirt that you did, correct me if I'm wrong, was from the, you know, the supposed backlash of people being upset, you know, of the far right community, the conservative Christian community being upset with his music video. And, you know, so the the merch that you guys make uh, on the I love Jesus and the, you know, and the t-shirt, the yeah. like how, how did that happen? Because I feel like that is where you guys really shine is being able to enter where the conversation is already happening. Yeah. You know, c certain ones like that are, are very organic. Like it was just like a random idea. Uh, <laughs> just, you know, there was so much going on at the time, like, or, you know, in terms of just like the, the cultural conversation with that video and just like all the controversy it was creating. And it was uh, really just like, I think I, I think it was like a, yeah, it was really, sorry. It's just really like super organic and random. And it just, came from, I guess, like the heart. I, I think that's cheesy to say, but um, there was no like real, with that one specifically, there was no real like sort of like plan. We're going to do this for that. Like we did that and we posted it and we really didn't expect the reaction it was going to get. Um, and it just kind of caught fire and, and turned into an official collab. And, you know, that one was really just just for us to, to enjoy. So it didn't start off as an official collab. Yeah, so it started as like a bootleg. Um, oh shit! And then uh, little Nas's ex, little Nas X's manager reached out to us because we had worked with with him on some other some other projects with other artists, and he was like, "Yo, why didn't you just hit us? <laughs> like we could have done this together." And we're like, "Oh, okay." Like, let's just do it. And then, Dude, that's uh, that's the dream is when the bootleg becomes official. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you guys have started to be into more of the the moving picture space and the animation space uh, we're excited to sort of grow and build in that world and, and figure out ways that we can intersect all these other things that we're doing so you know one thing that we're in early development phases of is this like our version of american idol um and obviously that ties back to the record label and it's like sort of like uh mm -hmm. flipping the voice in american idol on its head to be more modern and more internet and more about virality and and really kind of you know putting those shows where the industry is at today you know like everything about uh the voice and american idol and those things is so so just it's just all dinosaur shit okay so you, you said the american idol thing and yeah. this is 
That's huge because just for listeners and everyone know, American Idol is probably one of the few things in history that united the entire United States of America. Like <laughs> the whole and the Bachelor, right? Those are the two things that no matter what you believe in, no matter who you think won the presidency, you all watch American Idol and The Bachelor. What mm-hmm. what are you guys doing with American Idol? Well, it's not with them. It's sort of I, just I know. Like... Excuse me. Like, but what what are, <laughs> what is the the inspiration of that? Because I feel like if you can if you can create something like that, you know, there there you go. You you can you can unite the country again. <laughs> Yeah. So it's like, it's really tying into sort of like one of the big things that American Idol really nailed was like the underdog story, right? Like this person kind of can come from nowhere and really make something of themselves and, and their talent can really kind of get them through this competition. Um, But, you know, I think today, like our traditional sort of views on what artists are and how they work is very different. Um, It's not just about a voice, right? Like the voice. Um, or even like the image, like you see, for example, you see some something like Little Mayo, right? It's like this plastic alien doll. It has millions of streams on Spotify, um, you know, attached to major trends on TikTok. And, you know, this is literally a plastic alien doll. And so we're creating a show that we're like the only show where some a character like Little Mayo could compete and win, or, you know, a dog that's making a weird noise on TikTok that people are taking that noise, flipping it into songs, right? And then like those songs are trending on Spotify and hitting these different playlists. Um, like that dog could be a competitor on our show. And, you know, <laughs> it's literal <laughs> underdog stories um, and really tapping into this idea that like, uh, you know, talent, it's like talent is, is so different and, and where it comes from and, and how TikTok works, right? Like, every record label is like wondering and asking what the challenge is before like anything else, you know, they're testing everything on TikTok before they decide to put any budgets into it. For um, real? Yeah. I mean, TikTok is, is really sort of like what's, what's defining and dictating like what, what music is hitting the charts and, and where it's hitting the charts. Um, and so it's really tapping into that, like that, that aspect of, of the music industry and virality and challenges and sort of you know instead of putting someone at a piano with adam levine we're like putting them through this like meme hit factory i think the other thing too that like and correct me if i'm wrong is there's also like another barrier of entry that's being removed right if you think about like say for music for example in the 70s you couldn't make music unless you either a had a lot of money and could go into a studio or you were Mm -hmm. just so good that you got scouted you know, um, mm-hmm. only the the best I'm air quoting had recorded music, and now right. So then come you know the late '90s and the early aughts, you have anyone can make music that can learn how to use Pro Tools, which then evolves mm-hmm. into like GarageBand. And so again, the the barrier of entry is being lowered, and it's letting more people participate in this. And what it sounds like you're saying is people are basically able to create things with just their phones. It's not about their headshot. It's not about what manager they have. It's about if their content slaps. <laughs> exactly, right? And like, you, in order to succeed, like outside of like being an industry plant, like you have to be good at the internet, right? Like little Nas X was able to win because he was so good at the internet. Um, you know, Doja Cat was able to be really good at the internet and she's still good at the internet. And that's a big part of her success. And 
you know, I think in today's world, you have to have like a good sense of like how to keep people there, like outside of the music, right? And then plug the music into it. And so your, your talent doesn't necessarily have to be music in order to like succeed in the music industry today. Um, you could be a dog making a noise and <laughs> or a plastic alien doll, right? Like the, the landscape has changed. And I think we want this show to reflect that. That's seriously, that's really cool. Yeah, we Damn. always uh, we always talk about too, like how some of the most engaging moments in Idol or things that you remember the most are, are things like William Hung, right? And like, what if William Hung would have made it through and got to work with Pharrell? Like, that could happen in our world, right? It's about this sort of like genesis qua, right? Like, what do they have that's like not just like musical talent that's going to allow them to really stand out and make noise and create headlines and then build from there, right? Like you can sort of create the building blocks for like a long-term career from that point on. So you're, you're doing that, but like what, what's a typical day look like for you guys right now? I mean, you got your hands in so many things. And as we were discussing earlier, you're a team of three. Yeah, it's, it's us and one other person yeah. um, outside of like, you know, like the freelancers and network of people that we tap for certain projects and things. But sure. the, the core team is me, Matt and, and Andrew. Uh, but yeah, I mean, what is a typical day, Matt? There's no like real typical day that sort of, you know, wake up, hit the office and, and just, just go. We're are you in person in the hour. office now? Uh, yeah. You um, are. We never really like shut down. Um, as the pandemic hit, things picked up for us. So never really had a chance to slow down. Yeah. Um, and, and I mean, we work, we, we definitely like work from home here and there, but for the most part, we're in the office. Right. Um, so, you, so you get in the office. What's what's in your guys' office fridge? Um, a bunch of vibes, the CBD drink, because uh, they oh. sent us a bunch recently, and we're actually working on a collaboration with them, uh, which is exciting. And, so now you're getting uh, into the beverage space. It's just like a drink with them, and and yeah, just testing the waters, seeing seeing how it goes. Uh, it'll be excited to exciting to sort of see the product. It's around LA I know they get like uh, a lot of placement in like places like Erewhon and Alfred's you know places yeah. where there's a lot of traffic um but yeah that and then a couple bang energy drinks that we had in there for for content to like make fun of bang energy drink influencers <laughs> I don't even know what bang is holy shit it's bang it's like a bang bang b a n g it's like oh. a weird I don't even know how to describe it it's like a Real drink with with creatine in it, and it's like they just like pay a lot of influencers to just like make content with it, and so we sort of got it to make fun of it. But then we also realized at the same time, like it sort of just looks like we're getting paid to do. Yeah, it, I was going to but... say you're you're doing the work for them. <laughs> yeah, so it's just been sitting in our fridge. Um, we haven't made anything with it yet. Um, some sriracha. Okay, so you got hot sauce vibes, bang. And then you get into the office. What's your meeting look like? You guys slacking each other? Is it? Are you? What's What's the website you go to when you when you open up your computer? Um, so I want to jump to some other some random questions here. You guys have made a lot of great memes in your life. I know you're more than the memes, but what would you say are some of the greatest memes you've either created or have seen? I don't know if it's the greatest meme that. I've ever made, but 
there was something where just like literally Photoshop, like a Taco Bell sauce packet that Drake posted like seven years ago. And that was like the first time where it was like, like somebody of significance had reposted, uh, you know, a, a meme that we created. And it was just like, whoa, like that's crazy. I think it's still up too. I can find the link. I'll send it to you. Oh, hell yeah. Um, yeah. It was a, a Taco Bell packet that said started from the bottom. Now we hear. <laughs> and he posted it and we were like freaking out because we're we like love drake um and this was like yeah definitely like the first like one of the first like big viral moments and one thing that was crazy was he was a few months later like on the cover of billboard magazine mm-hmm. and like the article starts talking about this pizza this taco bell packet that wasn't actually real like it was real so like we also like trolled Billboard into thinking this thing was real and talking about it. So it was like uh, a big thing for us that we were super hyped about. Yeah, oh June sixth, two thousand thirteen. I just <laughs> looked it up right now. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay, here it is. Holy moly. Yeah, there was another thing too where we uh, we made a kids T-shirt that was ex- like exactly Rick Ross's body. So it just like looked really funny because it was like <laughs> little kids running around in Rick Ross's body. And at a certain point, 50 Cent and Rick Ross were beefing. And 50 Cent posted the t-shirt to like make fun of Rick Ross. And it turned into like a whole thing. And then MTV like wrote an article about how it was our t-shirt. And it like became this whole thing. And that was like a, a viral moment through sort of like merchandise. That was that was really exciting. Yeah, when your meme becomes a hip hop fight clap back that's uh holy shit that's pretty that's good correct me if i'm wrong on this but i feel like there's a lot of people in all the content that they're making they're like okay let's make sure it's like meme worthy um the Mm -hmm. like case in point is the the recent i think you should leave season on netflix with uh tim robinson like so i've seen so many you know tim robinson memes Mm -hmm. and you know, I feel like I, I don't think that they're perfectly engineering it to make a meme, but I think like that's something that like people are now thinking about in their marketing where it's like, you know, all the, the quotes from this where it's like, uh, you know, Tim Robinson was dressed up in a in a suit on a thing and, it, and the line's like, I want to rip the fucking head off. And like everyone's like, this is what my dog does. And this is and it's like they're just <laughs> meme factories. Um, it's it's pretty gnarly. All right, next thing. What are what's the last song you heard that you liked? This song everybody's listened to on TikTok, but the song Pain by Pink Panthers. Yeah, she's like this cool artist from like the UK that's like 20, I think. Um, and yeah, just recently started blowing up. Um, and the, yeah, the song's awesome. She does like a mix of like all these different genres if you listen to some of her other songs as well. Oh, damn. Totally came from the TikTok system. Like those I, yeah probably. there you go yeah um for me on my end i don't know i'm so bad with song names i just sort of like put music on and listen to it but uh that group turnstile i've been listening to a lot of their music yeah turnstile's big and then i've also just been listening to like a lot of old system of a down for some reason there's like one particular like album that i listen to always when i'm like doing creative stuff and it's like so random but it's the blood brothers it's like i think it's called ambulance versus ambulance i don't know if it's the name of a song and album but like it's like my creative fuel and it's just like crazy screamo music and it's like my favorite 
Blood Brothers, that's some serious, serious throwback there. Yeah. All right, what is the last thing that you watched? I just, uh, I'm finishing up Narcos Mexico. Oh, okay. Yeah. You're deep. You're deep in there. Yeah, I, I mean, I just. Uh, you're digging through the queue, my man. I'm into it. Digging through the queue, you know. Um, I just finished rewatching all of Succession, which I was hyped on. I forgot how fucking good that show is. It's so good. Yeah. So like the do, characters, the writing, like everything about that show to me is just like perfect. Do you pregame shows? Because like I, I assume you, you're like you saw the fact that it's coming back, and you're like, okay, I'm gonna go refresh my mm-hmm. memory. Yeah, definitely. That was you know that the trailer got me pumped, and so I just like like binged it all, season one and two. Speaking of trailers, the the new Jackass trailer looks amazing. I have had. Seriously, four people in in our conversation, like in in the time that we've been talking, I'm not kidding. Four people have messaged me the Jackass trailer. Yeah, it's so many so many feels. It's just like I grew up on that. Like that was like everything to me growing up. Like most of my friends, we built our relationships based on us like trying to be Jackass and filming stuff. It's yeah. I mean. <laughs> I watched the trailer and seeing, I mean, one, seeing Eric Andre in it, because Eric Andre is just the god. But like yeah. seeing those guys in there, I mean, they said that Johnny Knoxville is almost 50. Yeah. And he's he just getting his ass kicked. Crazy. But I mean, I can't tell that this is what they're doing, but it looks like they added, like, you know, Jasper from Odd Future is in there. It looks like they're maybe passing the torch a little bit. It seems like they have kind oh. of a lot of. A lot of young guys in it, young young people sort of doing stunts with them. But I don't know. That's just like kind of my little little take on the trailer and sort of the, the people that they're including in it. That your Hollywood eyes are very perceptive. Yeah. yeah. yeah if, it, know, if it's I'm, a passing of the torch, then that, that's going to be even better. And it's called Jackass Forever. I feel like it's going to set up sort of like the new era of Jackass. I'm still shocked that no one... You know, knock on wood, no one has died making that yeah. show. They're it's shooting crazy. people out of cannons. They're one of the things that had a live bear while the dude's strapped. <laughs> it. Like, it's nuts. Dude, they're pouring honey and putting salmon on them, and they just yeah. strap down and they just let a bear into the room. God, that's got to be an insane show to ensure. CKY2K and all Andrew WK and all the Camp Kill Yourself stuff. That was mm-hmm. like. I mean, because I used to send away and I would be paying $40 or $35 for those VHSs like mail order when I was younger. Um, yeah, I mean, they were great. Uh, it was super bad, random. but good. I have the most random Andrew WK story. Yeah, so uh, I went with one of my friends who's a popular DJ to the Taco Bell headquarters for like an influencer <laughs> Taco Bell Thanksgiving. Um, As one does. Know, yeah, go it was ahead. crazy. There was like chalupa stuffing. Like we got to go into like a, a Taco Bell kitchen and make whatever we want. It was literally one of the best days of my life. But like literally right next to me to my right was Christy Teigen. And right across from me at this this Taco Bell Thanksgiving event thing was Andrew WK. So it was just like the weirdest, best day of my life. 
Okay, now for now for the real gossip. What was he eating? They were just it was they were just giving us weird Thanksgiving Taco Bell concoctions, um, like the chalupa stuffing. Oh, because isn't isn't he a vegan? This was like a long time ago, so I don't know if it was pre-vegan. I don't know. I wasn't really like clocking what he was eating, but that was like such a crazy experience. Um, he apparently he is vegetarian. So maybe he was hitting that black bean dip. Who knows? Who knows? Go. The world may never know. All right, gents. Thank you so much. Um, I'll talk right. to you soon. Thanks, dude. All Thank right, you. We'll see you. Bye. See ya. You've been listening to Blamo. Our show is produced by Blamo Media. Theme music, as always, by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. You can find us on Instagram at Blamo Podcasts. And if you can't stop and need all the hot content, join us on Patreon for tons of exclusive episodes, our private Slack group, merch hookups, all the fun you can ever imagine. There's even a book club on there right now. I'm not even kidding. I'm Jeremy Kirkland, and I'll see you next week.